All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Wait a second, Wednesday is the day you do your super early waterfront morning workout. Yeah, I try to do two now. I try to go Jeez. after work too. Because the one in the morning's great. Like it is, you know, a fun work. But I think it's more the idea of like starting your day out with a bunch of people being active and like, you know, feeling good about what you've done. But it's, it is just like a half an hour kind of like get out there and and it's not like an intense no it can be depends depends really it is what you make it yeah but, but it's all body weight and you know sometimes you want to get your squats in and your is it picking up steam or are you starting to get a following we're definitely um picking up more people like there are weeks where we have 10 people there are weeks when we have five people there's been a, a couple weeks where I think we've been in the teens. That's great. But it's just, you know, it's yeah. every every Wednesday, free. I was on the waterfront today, and I was walking past that wave, and there oh, was... so nice. It's oh, beautiful. We were down on the on the, the Stub G patio. Oh, nice. Um, And there was kids climbing on the wave, as there always is. And yeah. I thought, I wonder if there is a more brazenly broken rule in all of Halifax. Oh, no, it's than, a rite of passage. Then don't climb the wave. I didn't climb the wave until I was in high school. Because my parents were like, no, it says don't yeah. climb it. Oh, I never was able to climb it as a kid. Yeah. And now, like, my friends with their kids are, like, climbing up there and, like, yes. <laughs> holding their toddler's hands and like, chucking them up. We, like, I saw kids, like, slide off the back of it. Like, yeah. They were, like, jumping off the back of it, which is high up. And, totally. And they've cushioned it with this, like, like recycled tires, yeah. right? So yeah, that it's nice. You probably can't hurt yourself quite as badly, but I don't know. Uh one clumsy fall, one little tumble. I'm always worried that someone standing under it is going to like jump and just knock yeah. themselves out. Yeah, so true. Or yeah. just get booted in the head. Yeah. It is remarkable. I mean, as soon as some kid badly injures themselves, and I'm, it's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen. <laughs> it has to. If I ever have kids, they are going to have a square dad who won't let them get on the wave. No, you're not going near that wave. It's no. fully made of concrete. Yeah, and you could go on the playground if it were still a rickety wooden pirate ship, but it's a plastic pirate ship he, now. Here's a question. When do you think that was made? Not the pirate ship. The wave? The wave. I'm sure not a lot of research would be required to find out. The I actually know the question. answer. Oh, okay. But So it was pre-90s, yep. I guess. Yeah. Is it the 80s? Yeah, it was 88. Okay. So just pre-90s. Yeah. They're just like, let's just make a wave. Let's just like, we got all this extra concrete. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> seriously. And we'll just make it kind of look like a wave. Yeah. And it's, I don't think it's dedicated to anything. No, that's a really good point. It's not like, <laughs> it's not in, in, like, in memory of someone. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like a tsunami thing. It's not like uh, um, the Bedford Institute. Yeah. Or the it's not part of the museum. It's yeah. just there. <laughs> you, you know what? Like on on that note the, of just kind of ridiculous things that Halifax has, which I love the wave, obviously. But one of the it's not a ridiculous thing. It's actually an amazing thing. They have a a, a ferry that's named after Vince Coleman. Coleman, right? That's new. That's the newest one. I think. Is that the newest one? Okay, one of the newest ones. So interesting thing. I don't know if you've read the the little plate on the inside. Okay, but I've never read a more insulting plate. They undersell Vince Coleman. They undersell dispatcher it because for for no reason they say something to the effect of, you know, a background for those who don't know, Vince Coleman is the one who who tried to 
save people during the Halifax explosion by sending a telegraph to uh, a, a central a train. He stopped a, an incoming train. Stopped an like incoming hundreds train. of people were saved. And it said something to the effect of like, uh, regardless of if he saved any lives, <laughs> this man is a hero. <laughs> he did save lives. Like why did, yeah. That's a they, known thing. They make it seem like, no one was saved, but he died trying to he save tried, people. He and tried, but he blew it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way they make it. And Jen, Jen constantly brings that up. Like, I can't believe the write-up on that. Maybe we should tweet somebody about that. We should. Yeah. We should double-check the write-up because, like, you'll have to take a look at it next time you're on there. You know, I was thinking just the other day, and I've thought this before, and we maybe have even talked about it on the podcast. The Halifax Explosion is an interesting enough drama to be the setting for a very compelling period film yes. on like the big screen. Yes. Like like in a big way, Titanic-esque, mm -hmm. you could tell a really interesting story about the Halifax explosion and get the word out. And I think maybe Vince Coleman is a character in that movie. And yeah. I don't know if Ron Howard directs it or what, but right. like someone just has to write that script and make it good. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. It's only been like made for TV movies that they've done this in. And it's such an epic... Oh, yeah crazy story right and and there are conspiracy theorists about like uh, theories about like what could have gone wrong like why are those two ships so close together was, right. the, was the captain drunk yeah like there's lots of story to tell and then of course there's the famous uh snowstorm that happened like the next day yes. which was equally devastating i yes. think that i mean obviously it's a, a a tragedy but well and there's there's little monuments all over halifax and dartmouth of like hey this landed here and we just left it here but here's a, a plate to right. say imagine the damage that this explosion did right and imagine what it would be like now i often think about like if that happened right now who is affected like Obviously, people right on the waterfront affected, but is the structural integrity of these buildings so much better? I don't know. I I think windows are still shattering. Stuff still. I think yeah. I I think windows are still shattering for mm -hmm. sure. I always think about how they built the hydrostone after that. Yeah, it's, like, they're like, all right, this we're gonna start making explosion-proof buildings, yeah, and it lasted for like six blocks. That's what hydrostone meant, and yeah. then I guess it probably got expensive to make, and now it's just this kind of bougie part of the north end of Halifax. Yeah, right. Um, they felt it in Truro, like they felt tremors, like people's china cabinets were shaking in the valley and in Truro. No oh yeah, well it's like it was an it was an atomic explosion. It was right. the biggest explosion ever at the time. Yeah. Uh, do you ever think about how like it might have made the harbor deeper? Like the no. harbor was always big. Oh. And how much water might have been lost? Displaced, yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. Wow. No, apparently there's a thing. Okay, so we had this discussion after sea doing because we were just right on the water. We got to talk about that, by the way. And Yeah. Yeah. And what a better, like, what, you know, while you're cruising through it, you just kind of start thinking of the history of the harbor and the things the harbor might have seen. Right. So when we got off, we were talking about the Halifax explosion. Um, and <laughs> after like the greatest, most joyous experience, talk about like one of the great tragedies of our <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> our true. city's that's history. Kind of the way it went. Yeah. Uh, but we were saying there, there's apparently a site that you can see like a 3D interactive view Whoa. of what it would look like, and then do like a total turn and like see the areas that would have been affected. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting too. It's pretty cool. Pretty interesting. And like you know, Greenvale School on Octorloney. Yeah. And like Edgemere, the old folks home just up the street. They were here for that. 
Oh, really? They were like around for that. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Uh, we were walking the waterfront like a month ago, and we were we were just kind of like commenting on how the the Acadia, you know, like the ship, the Acadia, yep. is just kind of like gone to shit. It's just kind of this rust bucket that sits, but it's like got lots of heritage. It's been around for both world wars. And I think I was like, I just said to Becky, like, it's like 80 years old. That's what I said. And this like old woman turns around and she has a British accent and she's like, not just 80. It was here during the great explosion of oh, 1917. God. And so that's was, the most magical. Yeah, well, and she called it the great explosion of 1917, right. which, which says to me, she was on a tour like five minutes ago. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> And she's, she's like, happened. have you seen the public gardens, the largest <laughs> Victorian garden in Halifax? In North America. In North America. Sorry. That's right. Anyway, I'll always, uh, I'll always remember that. But sea doing. Sea doing was wild, man. It, you know what? I was like nervous. Yeah. This was my birthday present back. You rented sea dues uh, and you had just done it and we got such a great review from you. Uh, they call, we were on our way there and they called us and they're like, can you come back tomorrow? And we're like, oh, no. Nope. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And they moved it around and we got a regular time and. Uh, an hour is a long time. It is. It's a great amount of time. It's a really good amount of time. Yeah. We were like going. I was like, I was already starting to tuck her out. And it was like 22 minutes in. Right. Because they like, get a lot of adrenaline and I'm squeezing the handles like yeah. crazy. Yeah. I had like some blisters on my hands. Right. Afterward. My friend was saying his like, he's like, are your forearms super sore? From yeah. Gr-? Like, was- so we only rented one. Yeah. And we, okay. we rode together, which I actually loved. It's super fun. I love doing that. And like, they're really stable. So every 10 minutes or so, we just kind of switch. Yeah. And... The f- the first shift I took, I was pretty nervous. I was kind of yep. trepidatious. And then once I got the reins back, I was a cocky mother yes. scratcher. Yeah, I was like, there was nothing to it. Like I and I wasn't scared of tipping. And we were <laughs> we were doing donuts, and we found the Bedford Basin kind of boring. So we went out to McNabs. Totally. And, yeah. Where, so how did you go right out to McNabs? Because you're, you're not I mean, the the lighthouse is the the, the lighthouse is the to limit. Go. Yeah, we didn't quite go that far. Okay. Um. We did a lot of circles of of Georgia's, and then we just kind of sure. stayed in like the main part of the harbor, yeah, and wound down our time. And you get soaked, and you can't believe how fast you're flying. It, it, so you pinned it, eh? Like oh, yeah. after a while, you're like, you know what? This oh, yeah. can just open right up, right? And and sometimes you feel very secure doing that, but every now and then you go through a wake, and you're like, you're like, you, okay. Yeah, well, and it's not even the speed or the waves that uh, cause you to feel insecure. It's, um, I find when you stop too quickly, yes. like, like when you release the That's thing, right. you stop right away yeah. and you could fly right over. We didn't fall off, but we could have. Yeah. Anyway, it was like the most fun. Yeah. I think, I think what caused me and Curtis to fly off in the last two minutes when I got the reins back, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go hog wild. And I was doing <laughs> donuts fully one way and then I would just crank it the other way. And you know how, if you're sitting on the back, you need to kind of like, you need to, anticipate the turns a little bit and kind of move with them yeah not be going the other way when they turn the other way because your feet will kind of fly up oh yeah but yeah man i want to do it again totally i had two like graphic images burned in my brain (laughs) um because i'm like a paranoid person i was scared of like breaking my knees like i was i was really really conscious of where like how my legs were angled so that like if we like hit something my legs wouldn't snap okay. and then even worse when i was behind becky and she was steering i had this terrible image of smashing my face into oh. the back of her head oh god and so that kind of haunted me a little sure. bit yeah but i probably did i she probably let me do like 70 percent of the driving which nice. i was just having i was having a time it was the absolute most fun thing and kind of kind of not just exhilarating it was like a release i needed 
Yeah. I felt lighter after it. Yeah. You, you are, you're almost on a high after yeah. where it's like, all right. Exactly. And it just kind of, the other thing is like, I'm not, I don't consider myself a very adventurous person or like even a very capable person. But once you get the hang of it, you're like, oh, I can do anything. Oh, this is, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like, I am uh, Jason Bourne. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm Ethan Hunt. Yeah. And, I, and Oh, that crosses your mind. Right. You start humming theme songs <laughs> to yourself pretty fast. Yeah. And then later that day, we went to the Valley Drive-In. Uh, and I'll no talk way. about and I'll talk about that in a second. But first, we did a tour through Kentville New Minus to like okay. to see the old stomping grounds. No way! And I drove down Brook Street where you and I lived together. Yes. And guess what they have at our old building now? What AC? Really? They're cooling this building for everybody now. You're Do you kidding? Remember what a freaking sweatbox that apartment was! Wow, the luxury. I know. They now must be. This... That's what they did with their damage deposit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of spraying for fleas like we asked them to do yeah. 18 times, they turned it into the Ritz Carlton. Oh, uh, there, there you go. No, it's otherwise still a dump. TJ still there? <laughs> I'm guessing not. He's probably doing a dime somewhere. Maybe, San Quentin. But uh, does he sell anymore? Like it's a, cl- a different climate now, right, federally yeah. speaking. He either had to move to harder drugs or he's competing with the government. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so anyway, we did, we did that, and then we went to we went to see the Lion King. How's that? It was probably good that we saw it in like a novel context yeah because if i had paid money to see it so you saw this at the drive the drive we saw lion king of the drive-in amazing uh so that was kind of kind of fun it's exactly what you expect it's like oh this is no different and there's almost no new laughs there's right. no, like it, it's kind of interesting i haven't seen the original lion king in so long but every now and then there's a shot that you're like oh that shot right i know that shot yeah, yeah. um so they do that again um timon and pumbaa are the best part as as they say john oliver's pretty good too nice uh, Beyonce is so inconsequential in this film. Yeah, <laughs> like as you predicted. And so is Donald Glover. He's really got no soul in this movie at all. Nah. No, that's kind of too bad. And and Jer- Jeremy Irons, he was lacking because he wasn't there is what I mean. Like he, right. we, were, we missed him a lot because tell a Gia for it. It was just kind of like, it was just kind of stale. Right. Yeah. So what was the second showing? It was Toy Story 4, so we left. Oh, okay. We didn't stay because it was a double feature. Yeah. We saw that, and maybe we had to get home because it was right. getting late. But Was it packed? It was packed. We couldn't yeah. find the theater. We were in the middle of nowhere. We were asking Siri to help us find the drive-in, and really? she's like, well, this is where I would put a drive-in <laughs> if I had <laughs> These would say. be locations. Here's that... a cornfield. Well, yeah, I was going to say, there's just farms <laughs> everywhere in that direction. We could not find it. Eventually, we found it, um, and it was just it was a zoo. Um I was kind of stressed about like leaving like my car lights on and my, cause you have to have your radio on. Right. So anyway, these are things that you don't normally have to worry about when you go to the movies in 2019. Right. But I did. Uh, the Lion King is now the highest grossing animated Disney feature of all time. It beat frozen. Wow. So that's good, I guess, except for that. I saw a lot of articles trying to say that it's Disney's highest grossing live action movie. Right, which, which is not true on either front because they have seven different Star Wars or Marvel movies that have made more money than it. Right, and it's not even the least bit live action. No, it needs its own category. It does. Well, does it? It's the highest Disney remake. It's computer maybe. generated. It's sure. it's photo realism, I guess. But it's there's nothing about it that's real. There's apparently one shot in the movie that's actually made with a camera. <laughs> it's basically like AR, and I don't know what it is. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, what what else is going on? What, there's not, what there's other... not a whole lot. Of, like I was gonna. <laughs> I hoped we would talk about like what's going on in our lives a little bit because there's not a whole oh, lot to gotcha. say. We didn't watch any shows to prep for this podcast. No. no which we, we we might do. Sometimes. Although I will say, <clears throat> uh, watch two more episodes of The Boys. 
Oh, I still have been meaning to, but we've been watching Glow as it's, well. It's getting great reviews. It's yeah. the highest like rated Amazon Prime show ever. Yeah, people love ever. it. Yeah, people are really liking it, and I understand why. Did you know that the main character in it um, is the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan? Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast last week. I said that to you. And, and I took like, it in. Oh, yeah. You reacted to it and everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then... Because he kind of looks like Dennis Quaid, but then I said he also kind of looks like Michael Shannon. He does look like Michael Shannon. You're right. Yeah. Maybe that's what I got stuck on. Maybe. Anyway. Maybe you're right. Yeah. When they did... When Harry Met Sally, speaking of Meg Ryan, when they did that on the Rewatchables last month, mm-hmm. Bill kind of alluded to the fact that Nora Ephron, in fact, novelized the story yeah. when Harry Met Sally, and I was like, oh, I want to read that. And so right. I, I ordered it, and it came today, and it's not the novel. It's just the shooting script. Oh. Yeah. But did that's you, still a nice piece of, of reading material. Did you hear the podcast with him and uh, Kevin Concepcion, maybe? Who's that? Um, it's, it's oh, no, it's him and Wesley Morris, who's like a New York Times guy who's also a part-time ringer staff. Have but they're that. just talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have it downloaded, yes. Oh, it's great. Okay, good. And also, they hit on so many points that we hit on. I felt like we were so on point. Hey, well, look at the dates on your podcast. Who said it first? But also, some extra interesting takes. fresh takes? Yeah, some fresh takes, I think. I think Bill is better than anybody at hiring people with good takes. Totally. I think that's what he does best in the world. And sometimes I want to write him off as a guy who doesn't have good takes. But then, if you read some of his... Like articles, especially. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a great. He's a great writer. He's a like, great. So, sometimes his takes in movies are like Matt Damon does a great Boston accent and like right. <laughs> yeah. <he> yeah. Does. <laughs> yeah. But when you when you especially see some of his written content, the analogies he makes and stuff, and he's g- good on the fly too. He's yeah. obviously a very smart guy, but like, he is very. It makes you realize how much more well spoken he is than me. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't have any problem with how you speak. When I listen to that, I'm like, man, I'd like to be able to just rock that off the top Would of my head. Would that I could orate. That's right. That's right. That's what you might say, in fact. Would that I could orate, as is my <laughs> want to do. That's right. That's right. The other thing I wanted to say about my life that is that is quaint is that we were at the cottage for the last couple of nights. Yes. Where nice. there's no Wi-Fi. Oh, cool. And so the first night we ripped off The Emperor's New Groove, which you shouldn't do, kids. And we just both decided, let's watch this movie. Okay. And we fell asleep. And then yesterday, we didn't want to do the same thing. So we went to the library, and I renewed my library card because I didn't have a library card anymore. Whoa. And we took out DVDs, and we watched them at the cottage last night. And it was quite lovely. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I really thought you were going to get into... I thought this was going to be a whole story of you getting back to nature. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I already went on a sea do. So, <laughs> yeah. So what we did was... We got our library cards <laughs> and we rented entertainment. And we fashioned finger puppets from leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we watched Slumdog Millionaire and Battle of the Sexes. Double feature at the cottage. I've never f- fully watched... First of all, I've never watched Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see it because like, it narrowly missed like Oscar contention last year. And now I see why. Like Nobody really strained any muscles making this movie. But right. it was good. It was kind of an interesting story. And I've definitely never finished slumdog millionaire that surprises me it seems like bigger surprise it seems up your alley it's really good um it's it's kind of ridiculous 
I think once you kind of learn about what the plot is, it makes you not want to see it. That's fair. It's well done, though. It, yeah. And it's, I never noticed, I didn't notice the first time I saw it because I wasn't astute enough at the time, but it's super duper a Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. It feels very much like a Danny Boyle movie. Right. Uh, and that was almost distracting. Yeah. But it was good. Nice. Yeah. What's Danny Boyle's next thing right now? Well, he just did yesterday. He just did yesterday. So, right? so, and then before that, he did T2. And you saw yesterday and you thought it was okay. I thought it was good. Nice. In fact, the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, that was perfect. That was, that was what it should be. And wait, you said he did T2? Yeah. Like Terminator 2? No, Train Spotting 2. Oh, right. I can't believe they called another movie T2. That was kind of silly, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. I guess because like then it sounds like a train route. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. I don't even know. I didn't see it. I saw the first Train Spotting when I was too young to see it, and that put a bad taste in my mouth. Shouldn't it be called Tube Spotting? Isn't it the tube? <laughs> in oh that's like more the subway in yeah that's the subway and in like specifically england i don't know mm. i don't know like they're in scotland maybe they don't call it do they have the subway in scotland yeah maybe not i don't know it's a train a lot of people don't know that hogwarts is in scotland yes like the original hogwarts like the hogwarts that she describes that she invented in the books right i'm getting frogs in my throat every podcast now really <clears throat> is because you're nervous Maybe that's what it is. Where she describes it geographically is, in fact, Scotland. And that is part of the UK, but it's no longer in the the country of England. Anyway, so right. they take a train that is certainly not a subway to get to Hogwarts. That's the point I was trying to make. Right. I used a fictional train to help make my case that maybe they don't have subways <laughs> in Scotland. About Scotland. <laughs> um, I, I honestly don't know of any other entertainment news. I've kind of there's just super been... little. There's not a whole lot. We talked about um we talked about the Lion King, so this is an easy transition. Harry Styles turned down the role of Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid, so it was widely thought that maybe he was in consideration for that. Yeah, people had their say. Some folks on board, some not so much. I thought it would would have been a cool idea. Sure, he turned it down. Flat out doesn't want it, mm -hmm. and that kind of makes you wonder: Does he just not want the the guff, which I kind of get, right? Or does he want to be taken more seriously than that? Mm -hmm. He's already been a big star in a teeny bopper context. Like, does he prefer to be in like Dunkirk than something fluffy right. like The Little Mermaid? Yeah. It's a big spotlight moment, but he doesn't crave that, right? Well, I, I don't think he craves the spotlight from the movies he does. I think it's maybe more from the music he does. I don't think he craves the spotlight from the music he does. He made like a super weird Fleetwood yeah. Mac inspired pop album, which was really good. Yeah, you're right. What's his next thing right now? Does he is does he have another album coming out or anything? Probably. Yeah. His next thing is certainly not being in The Little Mermaid. Yeah. So set your sights elsewhere. The um, other thing I wanted to talk about was this Hobbs and Shaw trailer. Did you hear about the trailer that came out? It was a Christopher Nolan trailer for this movie called Tenet. Oh, yeah. Which was unannounced. No one knew it was happening. I've heard about it. And it stars John David Washington. Okay. And the whole idea is Denzel's son from yes. Black Landsman. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole idea is it seems like there's a kind of a, a very like time focused thing. He's he approaches. I actually wasn't able to watch the trailer because they took it offline. Oh, there's a dealer teaser trailer that's leaked. not available. A teaser trailer got leaked and it's wow. not available anywhere else except before the Hobbs and Shaw trailer which i think is a little like tongue-in-cheek so you can see it if you go to see hobson shaw yes oh weird well that's the thing i think christopher nolan was like hey how about we show them uh, an actual like movie that's not a not a remake of anything right and not a sequel of anything 
and just that coming out around the same time as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood had me kind of thinking like original entertainment is a good thing. Maybe. And I think he has taken that stance before yeah. about like preserving the sanctity of cinema. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. But the weird thing, first of all, it's uh, very, and I'm not saying he's doing this, but and, and hypothetically. I, I would go see Hobbs and Shaw, by the way. Me too. I'm fully it, on board. Uh, it would be very arrogant, hypothetically, if he was like, let's broaden the horizons of Hobbs and Shaw audience. When he himself is kind of the guy who bridges the gap between like shoot 'em up action movies and stylistic art pieces. Right. Christopher Nolan, like he he's right. done a good job of, of being for both crowds. Maybe he's kind of saying, guys, come back to my camp and check this out. Maybe, but he has to make something that's accessible. And Well, that's what I mean. He's saying like, hey guys, you like action? This movie's going to be action and it's going to fuck with you more than you know the rock bench pressing a helicopter <laughs> and by the way i only think there's been one movie of christopher nolan's that isn't broadly accessible to that very audience and it's dunkirk which is like a kind of heady weirdly narrated well what about um, inception what i'm saying is uh, inception is uh, inception's very applicable to the hobbs and shaw audience a lot of the same people are like Totally. That is a smart movie. That's what they call a smart movie is Inception. <laughs> and Interstellar is kind of in the same camp. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. The people uh, who go to see Hobbs and Shaw are not people who don't like to think at the movies. No, They're also I people who don't want to be like given a history lesson. Right. In many cases, in the broadest sense. Right. I actually really like Dunkirk. Me too, but I'll never see it again. No? No. I'd probably watch that. No, too. I'd watch Inception right now. And I'd watch an Interstellar again. Yeah. Yeah, so would I. I was thinking about that the other day. Interstellar was, we saw it in the theater, and I think about it a lot. Yeah. Anytime I hear like a weird sound, I think, is that my Matthew McConaughey in the closet? I thought it was good, and I think I got it mostly. Yeah. But I'm sure I would have been wise to like read some hot takes on that movie, which I didn't do. Mm -hmm. Now I do that every time I watch anything. Right. Um, Especially something like that. That's the perfect thing. Yeah, people are picking up on stuff that you never would have picked up on. So I would do myself a favor, I think, to rewatch it and then then look up the old Reddit discussion. Yeah. Because that's usually pretty valuable. Definitely. Like that that did wonders for my understanding and appreciation of, of Get Out, was reading what other people had to say about Get Out. I bet. Oh, yeah. Have, have you seen Us yet? We're, are we... I won't see Us. It's just too... What was the uh, like the official take on that movie? Really good, not as good as Get Out. Really good, not as good as I Get Out. I think scarier, though. Right. I think scary AF. Now, here's another question. What do you think of Midsommar? Midsommar? <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Yeah, it's it's it, like, I know it's a, based on a cult. Is it scary? Yeah, it's supposed to be really fucked. Okay. Like, really, like, Because I'm, he I'm hearing it's very creative. I don't yeah. know who made it. I don't know who's in it. I don't oh, know anything. It, I just know how to pronounce it. Okay, so it's... um. It's the dude from uh, the same guy who did Hereditary. Okay. So it's like a Norwegian um, horror director. Yeah. And Hereditary, it's supposed to be Hereditary got a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. And yeah. this is kind of the follow-up, which I think is like just it's maintaining that kind of this guy's the new master of horror buzz. Okay. Yeah. And not Jordan Peele? I almost wonder if like not Jordan sure. Peele got- Well, maybe got, Jordan Peele is. I mean, he's also the Twilight Zone. Like, I don't fault him for leaning into it. No. But I, I almost worry for him that he got too much buzz right away, you know? Right. And of course his movies are good. Well, I mean, he, this is the guy who created like Keanu too. Right. Like, you know, I don't know how much buzz he had right away. 
No, but he definitely had like an overnight success, like with releasing Get Out and it becoming massive. Yes, yeah. Putting aside the fact that he was famous before Get Out, yeah, it really doesn't matter. Like, I guess that's how he got meetings with studios. Yeah, with Jason Bloom or whatever is that his name? Blom? I I don't even know. Anyway, familiar. Um, that's probably probably was a stepping stone into the the (laughs) the film industry. The fact that he worked in the TV and film industry already. Yeah. But he started from scratch. Yes, definitely. Started from Mad TV. Is that right? Is that where Key and Peele began, Mad yeah. TV? Yeah, they were both on Mad TV. Are they probably the last great success story of Mad TV? I would say so. Is Mad TV even on anymore? No, no, no. God, no. I didn't think so. I mean, Ike Barinholtz and Bobby, uh, Bobby Lee have both kind of been fixtures. and, and Ike Barinholtz's def- movie got canceled this week. Really? It was a, it was like a it was like a satire about gun control. Uh, and they just God. because of the shootings last week, it, it was he and Betty Gilpin, who I love from Glow, and uh Emma Roberts, I think, and their movie just got axed. The studio was just like, We're not doing we this. We can't do this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was gonna be like guns are great. No, it was it was quite just the opposite. going to Well, I think it was just going to stir too much. Right. I think it was just too provocative. They were like, now's not the time to talk about yeah, gun control. Yeah, this is just not a good time to make evocative art, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're too at odds. They're going to make a St. Elmo's Fire TV series for NBC. Okay, I'm not super familiar with that. St. Elmo's Fire is a hospital TV show? No, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't uh, even know what you're, what you're confusing that right. with. St. Elmo's Fire was an 80s movie uh, featuring the Brat Pack kind of post John Hughes, the high school movie. Oh, okay. So it starred Judd Nelson and Emilio Estevez and Ali Sheedy, but I don't think um, uh, Molly Ringwald um, and Rob Lowe. And it, it was basically about like, what about if these types of people were 22? Okay. And they're not 16, they're 22. And they're discovering that it's hard to be a grown up. And it was kind of a bummer, St. Elmo's Fire, but it was also great. Okay. Um, and it's, explicitly 80s and so are you doing a period piece are you updating it because it's still hard to be 22 because that's fine but that's a very different story Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm kind of interested except for that they're doing it for nbc so i know it won't be good like i already have no faith right just another like hey that idea was good let's make that idea again right yeah, I'm not huge into that right now. You know the song "Man in Motion," the Saint Elmo's yes. Fire song. That's like that. David That's Foster from... wrote that for the movie, and really? they, they he wrote it about the wheelchair guy, right? But they but he, they, but they co-opted but it. But they for just the movie? he was like, here, use this for the movie, and they made it the theme song for the movie Saint Elmo's Fire. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Why didn't like Bon Jovi do that for uh, like Dead or Alive? <laughs> like yeah, like that he... was for Young Guns. But why why wasn't he like? How about? You use fucking bad medicine or something. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot today. That's okay. You can do whatever you want. Well, because he's an artiste, I guess. And Wanted Dead or Alive is a better song than Bad Medicine. You're right. And he, the the fact that that was made specifically for a movie is kind of Look, hilarious. Sometimes artists write their best material. And like I say this as somebody with a Springsteen tattoo. Yeah. Some of his best songs were written for movies, a.k.a. Secret Garden for Jerry Maguire, Streets okay. of Philadelphia for Philadelphia. for Philadelphia. And a song that is featured in the new movie, Blinded by the Light, which I can't remember the name of right now. No, I do. It's called I'll Stand By You. I remember that because it has nothing to do with the Pretenders song. He wrote it, and it appears in this new movie for the first time. Right. 
having been repurposed after he wrote it for Harry Potter. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen in 2001 wrote a song for Harry Potter and they were like, no thanks, we don't want this. <laughs> wow, they really knew what they were. They, yeah, I think so. I th- well, and I think also there was like quite the mandate on Harry Potter from the get-go to make it as British as possible. Right, sure. But also they weren't going to have like original songs. They don't have any original music there in is a song. There is a Tom Waits song that appears in, I think, part one of the final installment. I think it's Tom Waits. And it wasn't written for, for the movie, but it does appear where like Harry and Ron are dancing. Harry and Hermione are dancing in the tent. Right. It's the only time like a real song appears in in Harry Potter. <laughs> Somebody like, fact check this Mama, for us. Mama, just kill the wizard. <laughs> Put well, a wand against his head. Keep going. Keep going. Cast a spell, and now he's Levioso. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> yeah, you're quite welcome. Um, so yeah, Bruce Springsteen wrote a song. It's called "I'll Stand by You," and now it's in this new movie where it probably has a better home, right? Which is it's a movie about his music. It's a movie about his music that takes place in. I don't know. Where? I don't know if it takes place in the '80s. I think it does take place in the '80s. Okay, and in which country? In like America? Um, maybe England. Okay. The main character is Indian. He's from an Indian. Right. Family. I was going to say, wasn't there some sort of uh, like an Indian? Uh, yes, and this kind of this? this kind of informs his feeling like an outcast and his family not really understanding this like new rock and roll edge that he's taking on the persona of. And I can't wait to see this movie. Sure. It is in Dartmouth as of this Friday, so I'm super excited. Excellent. Yeah, yeah I think there was a premiere this past Monday. Someone at work went. And oh, great. Was talking about it a little bit. Yeah. And like, it's interesting. It's hard not to compare it to. Yesterday. Yep. Because it's a movie that's not a true story, but it's based on the music of some artist that we love. And this happens kind of in the wake of Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody and <laughs> The Dirt. Right. And it, it is, we do seem to be getting a lot of these. And mm-hmm. I'm like a big time Bruce Springsteen fan. I've talked on this podcast before about what he means to me. And so I think this would be a good one. There needs to be next movie Bad Medicine. They should do Bad Medicine. <laughs> and it's about a doctor. Who loves Bon Jovi. It's about a doctor who gets through his undergrad by listening to Bon Jovi. And he wrote a song for the Lord of the Rings, but they didn't want it. <laughs> bon Jovi wrote a song for Lord of the Rings? No. That would be so good. No, he did not. But to be fair, like there was like in, in Bruce's defense, there was there was something to that. Like, what's his name? Uh, uh Mark Knopfler wrote all the music for the princess bride. Like sometimes, sometimes these like rock and roll guys who actually can sure. kind of play music are like, I want to score something. I yeah, can yeah. do that. Oh, and especially Knopfler or like sting would be sting. Great to do. Well, we, like we that. Sting did emperor's new groove. It, bring it all back. Did he actually? Yeah. You got to see emperor's new groove. I can't yeah, believe yeah. you haven't seen that movie. It's so good. It's gotta be on some sort of streaming service too. So I don't know. It's Disney. We'll so they're weird it. about that. Right. Disney Plus is bundling with Hulu. I don't know how this impacts uh, us CRTC folk, mm-hmm. but but they're bundling and they're going to be you're going to be able to get them all in one big package once it's available here. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be something, I guess. We got our first look at Olivia Coleman in The Crown. So this is the third right. season. We jumped a generation ahead. Yeah, she's in it. Um, uh, Helena Bottom Carter is Princess Margaret. Okay, that could be kind of. Oh, cool. speaking of Helena Bonham Carter, uh, watched Ocean's 8. Oh, yeah. It wasn't bad. This is the most flattering text I've ever gotten from you. Yes. 
Did you're you, gonna be even more flattered in a second. Did you like Crimes of Grindelwald or Ocean's Eight more? Jen refuses to watch the one that you don't recommend, or something right. to that effect. Yes, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> you were like, don't watch Crimes of Grindelwald. It's a terrible disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Jude Law is really good. That's it. Yeah, That's and he's underused. You said he's incredibly underused. And Ocean's Eight is uh is not a masterpiece, but you know what it is going in, and it's lots of fun. Totally. And yeah. so we watched that, and, and you're you, right. Yeah, exactly. we were like. That's that's a decent movie. It's about what no. I thought. Anne Hathaway is actually good really, watch. really great in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They used her well in that. Yeah. And uh, the the other thing I was going to say was the next day, I said, we still have Crimes of Grindelwald if you want to watch that. And Jen goes, no, if Sweets doesn't want to watch it, I don't want to watch it. Wow. Like, All right. I've got to be go. more careful with my, with my uh, recommendations. No, I don't think they, so. I think you saved her from... I, I definitely saved two, two hours. hours of her life. I did, yeah. but I, I didn't know that I had this much influence. This is a lot of power. Oh, I yeah, need. you do. Well, to be fair, we started watching it, and I went, Sweet said this movie's bad. Yep. And she was like, what? <laughs> it's just really disappointing. It's like they've they've done a really good job with that series of never making a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, Unless I'm like forgetting some glaring, obvious thing, they've pretty much only gotten better. I mean, not that... Not that uh, Fantastic Beasts is better than all the Harry Potter movies. It's not, but it was a good movie. It was a yeah. It was kind of a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, Grindelwald's very disappointing, and now they got three more of these things. Right. What we're learning is that she doesn't need to be a screenwriter who nobody has any veto power it's, against. It's kind of becoming the Hobbit to to her Lord of the Rings. Totally, yeah. totally, or the Star Wars prequels. Right. Sure. This like overexposure of something. Yeah. Right. All right, what else do we have here? A little, a little bit more in here, I think. Oh, as long as we're on uh, trailers and um, first looks, the Little Women trailer came out. So this is Greta Gerwig's next big oh, thing. yeah. With Saoirse Ronan, with Timothy Chalamet. Right. And Emma Watson, speaking of Harry Potter. Okay. And everybody's main takeaway from this trailer is Emma Watson cannot do an American accent. Oh, no. It's kind of true. You really only get one line from her in the trailer. Yeah. This is a very... A very Saoirse-centric trailer. Okay. I don't know Little Women, but I guess it's mostly Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a little bit of Emma Watson, and no, she doesn't do the most wonderful American accent. She's done it a few times. She did Perks to be on a Wallflower, and she did the Bling Ring. Neither time was it great. It, it would appear that in this case, it's not a lot better. Didn't she also do uh, that Tom Hanks movie, The Circle? Yeah. Is she British in that, though? I don't... I thought maybe she was... American, maybe I can't remember. I, it got terrible reviews. I didn't watch it. You know who else I'm I'm off on his American accent is, and I shouldn't say this because while watching The Wire, I didn't. Idris notice. Elba. You knew you were going to say Idris Elba. Elba. You know what? Here's my hot take of the week. Okay, Idris Elba sucks. Whoa! Idris Elba has never been in something good besides The Wire. Sure. And that was ages ago. Okay. He seems like a son of a bitch, and he's just a pretty boy. When have we ever, like, ever, other, other than The Wire, what evidence do we have that he's any good at anything? Wow. He wants to be a DJ? He's 50 years old. Does he actually want to be a he DJ? He is a DJ. Right. He DJed the royal wedding. Because of that. Oh, God. I don't like Idris Elba. Wow. Is this a never trust Idris Elba moment? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it is. I'm no, I would trust strong... him. I would trust him to DJ my wedding. You would? No. <laughs> See, no, I'm big enough. I said it. I said it, and I didn't feel good about it. Yeah, I think he sucks. I can see it in your eyes. I think he sucks. I liked Molly's game for obvious reasons. Yep. 
uh, and he's just playing the Aaron Sorkin uh, surrogate that exists in all of his stuff. But when he goes on this big rant to the lawyers about like why Molly's not guilty and why yeah. they should throw the case Molly, out. Molly, he says it really weird. Yeah, he goes yeah. in and out of like, like, full, like, full. like there's certain hours <laughs> that he's like really tripping up on. And I'm like, what? Why did no one stop this? Idris Elba sucks. All right. You heard it here first, folks. I can't believe it just started a beef with Idris Elba. Hey, we've got our people that we like. We've got our MBJs. That's right. And we've got Although, our... where's that guy been? Miles Tellers? No, I don't like Miles Teller. <laughs> no. He also seems like a son of a bitch. You're right. Yeah, he actually does seem like a dick. Yeah. But MBJ. Let's be Yeah, I love MBJ. Michael B. Jordan. Sure. Yeah. There's lots of people I like. I am pro-liking things. Sure. But I, I need Idris Elba to give me something good. Yeah. Because... The gunslinger thing, the Stephen King thing he did a couple years ago. Luther's good. Yeah. Which is a BBC show. Yeah, but is that still on? Or is he milking no, that no. dry? I no, I think that's done. Remember that show? It's his Sherlock. Remember that show we watched a couple months ago for this podcast where he was like a DJ and it was basically yeah, it was, his it was story? bad. It was that terrible. Was bad. It was trash. Was really bad. No Idris Elba. Oh, the Honey Boy trailer came out. What is this? Okay. Shia LaBeouf is somebody who I stand. I love Shia LaBeouf. Right. So he's in this movie right now he's promoting called The Peanut Butter Falcon, which looks really good. Dakota Johnson. Okay. And it's, 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 I think it's just a sweet story about like being best friends with this dude with uh, Down syndrome who wants to be a professional wrestler. It just looks really heartwarming and it's getting great reviews. That's like not overly sentimental, but it's like, it's got a hundred percent on RT. I'm excited for that. Wow. But he also wrote this movie called Honey Boy in which he plays a a semi-fictionalized version of his own dad. Yes. Okay. So he's he's not playing the story of his life. He's playing the story of his dad's life. No, it's the story of his life, but he's going to play his dad in it. Oh, okay. So Lucas Hedges is in it, playing basically Shia LaBeouf now. Who's Lucas Hedges? Uh, mid nineties. Uh, okay. Ben is back. Sure. What was his big one? Well, he was in Lady Bird. Right. 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 Very okay. good. Very good actor. Cool. Um. And then there's also this younger kid who's basically playing like even Stevens Shia LaBeouf. Okay. And it's the story of this about this weird father-son relationship where this kid is becoming like a Disney movie star. Yeah. And this hippie dad is like, I guess you have to pay me. And it, the trailer looks like very odd and cool. Really? I'm into it. Are you, is your takeaway that his dad, was he making this as a tribute or just kind of like a... I think it's this like, is the way it was. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's the latter. I think it's one of those complicated things that's and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's probably something to the effect of that's my dad. I love him, mm-hmm. but it was not perfect. It was weird. He was like a carny essentially. Yeah. He was and they, a like, carny. They like lived in like the woods kind of thing. Yeah, they were like totally off the grid hippies. I remember I remember reading about his life like 10 years ago. He was the cover story on I think the Rolling Stone or like Vanity Fair. And he was dressed as an astronaut. <laughs> yeah. Where, Shia like, was or his dad? Shia. Okay. And it was all about Steven Spielberg being like, I think this guy's the next Tom Hanks kind of thing. Look, I think I think Shia LaBeouf could have been the next Tom Hanks. He didn't play it safe enough to kind ever, gotten his to own ever be that now. He probably got in his own way. He had some demons. I don't know that he still has like a lot of like obstacle demons i actually think he's got it got it figured out yeah i don't know how happy he is but he he's apparently making interesting stuff he's Mm -hmm. in fact always made interesting stuff yep um and he hasn't had a problem legally in a long time 
No. I, th- I, I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot about what Bo Burnham said about how people are so quick to judge celebrities for how they behave. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically said that, like, it's the people on talk shows who seem comfortable that are way more fucked up right. than the people who seem crazy. Yeah. The people who seem weird are the ones who recognize how weird this how is. How crazy it is. Yeah. 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 And that makes a lot of sense. I think Shia LaBeouf is probably pretty rational in that way. Yeah. It's funny that I just started thinking of Bo Burnham when you started talking about Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. I feel like they would get along together. Oh, boy. I bet they'd have some sad heart-to-hearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be in the room. It would for take that. them a long time to get like a movie or TV show done. Yeah, but. they're two very different sides of the same coin. I think mm-hmm. those guys. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, watch the Honey Boy trailer. That's really good. Uh, really cool. It's mostly just trailers that have come out in the last couple of days. But that does bring me to Last Christmas. You know, I'm all about the rom com assance. Yeah. Which seems to be happening. the The trailer for Last Christmas came out today. It stars Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians and Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. And it seems to be textbook Christmas themed romantic, romantic comedy. comedy. Oh, but God. it has been Don't tell Jen. Why? You gotta have to go to this. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it eventually. Ten you, years from now, I'll have seen it a hundred times. I'll tell you why this is compelling. Because they're very they're making a point of indicating that it's not just a Christmas themed rom com called Last Christmas. It is expressly based on the song Last Christmas by Wham. Which makes you wonder how you could extrapolate an entire story out of some bag pop song lyrics. Like the very next day you gave it away this year to San Francisco. Okay, it sounds like a heartbreak story. Like last Christmas we broke up this year. Maybe we'll get back together. Yeah. That's what you would think, right? But then there's a thing that happens halfway through the trailer where Amelia Clark, who plays this like kind of cynical Santa's village elf worker who like actually doesn't like anybody and she's very sarcastic and she's cranky and she's playing that character that's requisite right. in every rom-com. The bad teacher kind of she, she finally gives it up to uh, golden boy Henry Golding that last year she actually got really sick. And they don't say anything beyond that, but here's my theory about last Christmas. And they do a flashback where she's in like a hospital room and she thought she was going to die. I think we are taking... Uh, I you gave my heart away perfectly literally in this movie, <laughs> and she had a heart transplant. That would and be that, incredible, and that's why she doesn't like Christmas. And I, 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 if they're going that far, I'm so in. I think that's great. I think this is the type of movie that they show. Like, this is like a parody movie inside another comedy. It feels a little bit like that in the trailer. Yeah. It really does. And you know what? It feels like a new kind of Amelia Clark. Is there a record scratch? <laughs> at any point probably there has to be yeah there has to be so that's my theory about what's going to happen in last christmas and i'm i'm excited to find out i'm excited to watch this trailer yeah you should well you got a couple of trailers you got to watch between honey boy and last christmas You're right and, and little women if you want to i guess the last thing i want to talk about is uh jimmy kimmel are you caught up on jimmy kimmel yeah because they're doing the it on q104 a lot dildo quest right yeah, yeah. So how did this start? Did he did he find out that there's a town that's always been called Dildo Newfoundland and he's like, that's funny, I'm going to lampoon that? I'm wondering, like, is that all you had to do in the writer's room was just say that to someone? Yeah. Like, there's a, a place called Dildo. He's getting... We've known this for, like... Always known about Dildo Newfoundland. Yeah. And it is funny. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. But he's getting a lot of mileage out of it. Totally. And Dildo's game, A, because... People from Newfoundland usually are game, yep. but also because it's like really good for tourism. Sure. Um, 
But like he's got Guillermo there every day this week. They're doing like long satellite segments on every show this week. Right. And Jimmy's got signs up. Like, can he actually run for mayor of Dildo? And no. Is it? He can't legally do he, it. He, he can't. The the town of Dildo said, we're super flattered, but we're not even a big enough place to have a mayor. <laughs> oh, so this could, because that leads me to my, my bigger concern, that this could ultimately end with he being crowned the honorary mayor of Dildo. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. There's no position that they have for him there. Okay. But I find that a little annoying. Like, there are lots of small towns in the world where, like, a dog is the mayor. Right. And so this would just be like that. Like, it's just this thing where there's no actual role, but Jimmy Kimmel gets to Yeah. I don't know if they'll explore, it. like, oh, um, okay, there's no mayor, but there's a, uh, I don't know, counselor. Right. will become the counselor? Somebody has to it's be kind like... of problematic. I, Someone's I, losing a job because Jimmy Kimmel wants that I job. I just feel kind of weird about it. I feel yeah. like... I know it's all in good fun and everybody... I don't I don't think he's making fun of Newfoundland. He's making fun of the word dildo, which is objectively funny. And I think the people of dildo know that. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being too square about it. Yeah, I, I would have to watch a couple episodes to... Yeah. To see what I think about it, but I'm I'm interested. I'm just happy he's taking an interest in uh, in Newfoundland. Him of all people, too. I'm a, kind of okay with. Yeah, because he's irreverent by he, by nature. Yeah, I just find him to be one of the more kind of likable late night guys. Yeah, I guess so. You know, it's not it's not your uh, enemy, James Corden. Well, that's true. That's another celebrity I'm in a feud with. You are. Yeah, you sure are. So there's. I hope I'm never in like a job situation where it, it's vital that I haven't mouthed off about celebrities <laughs> publicly. So right now the tally's at James James Corden, yeah, Idris Elba, yeah, Ellen DeGeneres. Oh yeah, and these aren't powerful people. Well, obviously Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith, that's true. <laughs> Which brings us to uh, Will Smith and Jay Z have partnered as longtime friends to co-invest. On a new company called HipCamp. Do you have any guesses about what HipCamp is? I'm assuming it's like a camp that they send people who need hip replacements to. <laughs> That's a great idea. They should do that. <laughs> no, it's essentially the camping version of Airbnb. So rather than rent out your house or your apartment to Airbnb for people who are like going in and out of town, you rent your lawn or like your, your grass to people to camp there, which is kind of a good business model. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised it's taken so long for that to happen. Sure. Will Smith and Jay-Z are, are going in together on this. To rent people's yards. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. You, you can't just do like... You can't, how do you charge more for like a nicer yard? Yeah. Like, you give. Hey, we fertilize this. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's an all natural. It's it's all that. Yeah, you're not... You could actually eat the grass and you'd be fine. You won't see a single dandelion... In yeah. your hip camp. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, your hip camp. Mm -hmm. What's a hip camp? Oh, it's a, my backyard. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys want to stay in my hip camp? <laughs> no. Oh, you mean your your lawn that you haven't mowed for a week? Yeah, it's just a gross piece of grass. Yeah. No, I, am, thanks, I am going to stay here, by the way. Gonna no pay. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just because it was the cheapest hip camp I could afford. Yeah. yeah. That's true. What does the average hip camp go for? Because like... I don't know, Airbnbs, what do they cost? Like a hundred bucks, give or take? Yeah, I mean, you could get uh, a shabby Airbnb for like 40 bucks. Right, or so prob hip probably camp. an amazing one for 500 bucks or more. Right. But like, again, what's the what's the variance? And 
what do they charge? Like like twelve bucks, right? Because it's twenty bucks to stay at Shuby Campground. And then what's their take on it? Right. Yeah, that's true. Like, what are they raking yeah. in? How much does does Fresh Prince pocket? These yeah. are the big questions. <laughs> He's taking like twenty percent. Probably is. Uh, and what's Jay Z taking? Like two <laughs> almost billionaires. Yes, yeah. your boy. Yeah, that's true. They have so much money. Jay Z especially. This just feels like a boring thing to go in on. I'm interested to even just see Jay-Z and Will Smith talk to each other. That's true. I feel like Jay-Z has probably written most of Will Smith's raps, so I guess it kind of makes sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is the biggest diss we've ever had in 129 episodes. <laughs> you know who actually wrote this, the uh, Bugs Bunny rap in Space Jam? Chuck Lorre. <laughs> no. No. Nas. <laughs> I did know that. You That's did know so that. funny. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty funny. But I think Jay-Z did similar things. Yeah. Yeah. He, Brent, he's ghostwritten for Brent other would, cartoon characters? No. This is the thing that Brent McKinnon knows off the top of his head. But. Okay. Well, he can let us know. But yeah, he's... he's We've never had well, a fact check from Well, he's for other rappers. Brent. Okay. He wrote... Uh, I think Nas also wrote Big Willie Style. He actually did write Big Willie Style. Okay. But I don't know if Jay-Z has actually written any raps. Could Big Willie Style be made into a movie a la Last Christmas? Oh, my God. That's that's uh, his Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Big <laughs> Willie Style. It's the Ray for uh, Will Smith. What other songs could be turned into movies? Like, is that is that a well we haven't yet tapped? And by the way, Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't count because they just poorly named the Freddie Mercury story Bohemian Rhapsody. We've like, talked about just poorly named movies that are named after songs that are named yeah, after that songs. happens all the time but i'm specifically talking about like somebody make a story out of hotel california and make the movie or make the piano man movie oh that would be cool that would be really cool if they extrapolate like if they basically extended the song to yeah. be the entire plot of a movie right do you know the song ode to billy joe no it's this like creepy old country song about, like, where you don't even know what happens in the end but like like basically it's like this guy goes missing he jumps off the town bridge oh, okay and everyone in town in town is like what happened to billy joe and they did make a movie called oh. called ode to billy joe based on the song where they kind of tell you what happened to billy joe. right and so that kind of ruins it like i guess with hotel california specifically is there's all this mystery around the song maybe you don't want to give it away but there has to be other story songs like could at least do like a I don't know, a, a little boy named sue short or something sure uh what's that song um <laughs> you could do American Pie. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't wait to see Stifler again. <laughs> Speaking of American Pie, have I said how much we're watching Shit's Creek? Yes, you have. Oh man, it's my You're, new favorite show of all time. You are fully on board. I'm with the so Creek train. into Shit's Creek. All right, it's phenomenally I good. I love it. Yeah, without a battle. Huh? You're up Shit's Creek without a battle. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never trust Will Smith. <laughs> no, he's investing in freaking hip camp. <laughs> Don't invest in hip camp, guys. If we can give you one investing lesson, the show show investing lesson. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our investment corner. Hey, sweets, show. you buying? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jim Cramer. Yeah. Never trust Idris Elba. Yeah.